This episode is brought to you by Task Husky. Task Husky eliminates the headache of going through unreliable developers to make small tweaks and fixes to your website. So if you need some small tweaks to your logo, fonts, pixels, or other tracking codes related to kind of the coding-based things of an e-commerce store, uh, check out TaskHusky.com. They support all e-commerce stores such as Shopify, BigCommerce, and WordPress, and it starts at $69. So it's a good way to find a cost-friendly solution to developers instead of going Upwork and going through all these developers that could or could not be uh, reliable. So check them out, taskhusky.com, and uh, thank you for sponsoring the show. All right, so let's get into this week's episode then. So uh, lessons learned from self-teaching PPC. I guess first thing I do, I guess first thing we should talk about is your budget, right? So finding one you are comfortable with. So uh, what did you start with for B-Dancer? Uh, I don't remember if this is actually what I started with, but I, I've always told people $5 a day. I think with me, I was a little bit more gung-ho because I was determined and confident that I was going to crack it. What did I start with? maybe 20 bucks a day, something like that. I don't, uh, uh, that's a good question. I think I, the budget, if I remember correctly, almost didn't matter as much to me. Like I had something that I was comfortable with, let's say 20, 50 bucks. I don't remember, but then just checking it regularly to see that I'm not just blatantly wasting money. And I spent a lot of time trying to like target as tightly as possible. And did you find that if you targeted too tight in the beginning, you lose out on traffic because there's like it's a school of thought where that you start very broad and narrow it down, but then you lose money versus starting very narrow and expanding as you go up. So I did long tail broad match keywords. So it was kind of that middle zone because it is broad match, so you do get a lot. And I also just I, I did a lot um, of different ones. You know, it, I tried to put as much in there as possible. So yeah, some of them got no no traffic, but so I feel like it also depends what you're comfortable losing like in the worst case scenario like your lifetime budget like say you don't want to spend more than 300 bucks a month in ppc then then that's ten dollars a day is your max and then you just got to work around that uh, ten dollars a day either through uh, you know you lower your bids or you increase your budget or different adjustments and i think there was a little bit of i don't want to say delusional confidence but that's probably the best way in the sense you know uh, actually i guess it wasn't delusional because it came true the fact that like i said I, i'd be able to crack it so why put too much of a budget? And you know, it was so long ago now, I don't even remember, but it, let's put it this way. If I were to start a new company today, I, the budget isn't as important to me as how narrowly targeted it is. And then, you know, I'd check, I'd make sure that I don't have a budget of a thousand dollars. And then I come back the next day and it's like, oh, I spent all thousand dollars on some stupid thing that I forgot to unclick. You know, maybe start at like 50 or a hundred bucks a day, which isn't, you know, it'd be sad if I lost a hundred dollars, but it's not going to break you know, break me basically. Yeah. And it also comes down to knowing like your product margins too, right? Like if you sell something for like 40 bucks, you know, you make 20 off it, you know, the maximum you can spend to get one and break even is like 20 bucks, right? Or, or less if you, that, you know, that's right. That's another thing that reminds me. That was another thing I remember thinking all the time that is, all right, if I've spent, I think I said like roughly double or triple because there is that kind of gambling effect where let's say my profit margin is $20. If I've spent $20 on ads, that's not statistically significant enough uh, for to know that it didn't work. I think I had like a rule of maybe if I spent $100 on ads and I didn't get a conversion, it absolutely, it's pretty likely that will never work. It's not going to be profitable. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, I think, a, I think a good place to start is like if you're getting one-to-one on your ad spend, it's probably a good place to start 
chipping away, but it's not a bad start if you can get like, you know you spend a hundred dollars, you make hundred dollars in sales depending on your product. But at least that's it's not like you're spending a hundred dollars and you're getting ten dollars back too. So you're talking about revenue though, not profit, right? Yeah, revenue. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, okay, I well, feel that, like one to one's yeah. a good place to start hacking away at different things to get it targeted down. But I mean, to be honest with you, at my current place, if I get one to one, that's kind of where I'm happy at because I assume that. There's a lifetime value consideration, which a lot of people forget about. Yeah, lifetime value. And then on top of that, there's a lot of people that find my product through ads, come back on a different computer or, you know, whatever. Somehow it's not calculated into um, the the prof or the revenue, the ROI on that ad. And I know this because about 25 to 30% of my traffic is direct. How do those people find me? And on top of that, I, just a, another idea is, a lot of times one person buys something, they tell other people. So to me, if I can get, if I spend a hundred bucks and I get a hundred dollars worth of sales, uh, that's like the minimum of me being okay with it. If it's any less than that, I'm going to keep tweaking it just because of all those reasons. Yeah. Cause one to one, you're basically just giving away inventory. You're getting your, the cost is your inventory plus shipping. Usually that's not that bad if you're buying in bulk, uh, especially in your case too. But I guess it depends on your product too. If you're doing some electronics, you know, you can't just give that away. But I think, you know, one-to-one's a good place if you're just starting out to, if you're getting that result, you can then tweak things and take it from there too, so. You know, and another point I think people should remember is when Amazon first, I mean, they're still not, I don't think they're, I still think they're not profitable. But when they first started out, they had this idea that they could spend, I think it was $32 per new customer in advertising. So they would lose $32 just to get someone to buy something from their site. And then at a certain point that switched and they said, all right, we're going to stop spending all this money trying to get people to buy from our site. And instead, we're just going to let the repeat business come in and the word of mouth spread. And I, that's something I really believed in, in my business. I'm like, all right, I'm going to lose money at first. But at a certain point, uh, if I wanted to, I could just turn off advertising and I'd still, I'd have a sustainable business. Now I'm not going to do that because I got my advertising so dialed in that it is profitable. There's no reason to turn it off, but yeah, don't be afraid to break even, even when it comes to revenue, I think. All right, cool. Uh, how about, let's talk about negative keywords a little bit. I think this is always a topic that we can go into. Uh, one thing I realized was that uh, negative keywords also have a match type. So uh, one thing you want to be careful is that if you're selling, like I guess, high waist dance shorts, uh, you don't want dance shorts in your negative keywords because then you'll cut off your own traffic. I think sometimes, you know, you see these negative keywords, like, oh, I'm just going to throw these all in, but you got to kind of double check what you're negativing out uh, from your AdWords too. And that gets really difficult, especially like I have somewhere in the realm of, I don't know, 35 to five, yeah, 3,500 to 5,000 negative keywords. And we add new products every once in a while. So I might put a negative keyword in as leggings. And then a year later, we add in leggings as an actual product. And I have to go back and say, oh, no wonder that ad's not getting any traffic. It, that, this has happened all the time. Uh, like Irish dance skirts. I put Irish as a negative keyword because I we weren't selling, we were selling dance skirts, not Irish dance skirts. But now, well, we're selling Irish dance skirts as well. So, and that wasn't getting any traffic. And I'm like, what am I doing wrong? And then I look through and I said, oh yeah. And that's especially in um, product listing ads because with AdWords, regular text ads, it'll tell you, oh, this is being blocked by this negative keyword sometimes but it won't do that as much. It won't do that period in product listing ads. Do you keep your negative keywords in a list somewhere? Or do you just go into the dashboard and look at it when you need uh, to? Both. I I mean, I have it in an Excel spreadsheet, but I also keep it in like the, I forget what they're called off the top of my head, but it's not on the co campaign level. It's in a list. You know what I'm talking about? In yeah. When you go to the AdWords. keywords tab, there's that whole list that they show you there. 
No, it's in a different section. It's, um, uh, I'd have to look it up, but basically the cool thing about the way I do it is I don't have to copy and paste it. I can just apply it to different campaigns and it, 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 I could, I could have, basically I have one general negative keyword list that's applied to all my campaigns and I could add more to that and it applies it to all my campaigns. So anytime you start a new one, you just apply that template into your, oh, I see, I see. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I forget the name of it. It's in the library. If you look on the left-hand side somewhere, it's something like negative keyword library or key, something, I don't remember off the top of my head, but it was very helpful when I found out about that. Yeah, exactly. All right, cool. So let's move on to ad scheduling. So this one's kind of an easy one. It's like, whether it's like shopping or search ads, if no one's buying from midnight to 6 a.m., you probably shouldn't put ads there. Like you were saying earlier, when you have money or you have time, when you have money, you tend to just throw money at things and think you can kind of like, you know, waste a lot of money on either, you know, keywords that are not negative or just bids that are at random times when people are waking up at midnight, clicking an ad, but they're not going to buy. Yeah, I mean, this scheduling is actually something that I've been very interested in, in the sense that in the beginning, I thought that was a really big thing. And I, not that I don't think it's a big thing anymore, but now that my ads are so dialed in, I'm curious if I should go back and see what happens from midnight to 6 a.m., see if people actually will buy. Um, but I have it all set up. So like, yeah, midnight to 6 a.m., my ads aren't showing right now. Yeah, and even then, you probably could do a bit adjustment at that time to not pay as much because you know. that, yeah, that's true too. Yeah. So, I mean, the, this reminds me of all the little things that, that I need to go in and tweak for my AdWords. Um, it's just the 80, 20, I've, I've got the 80, 20 down for sure. It's this extra 20% that I should probably work on. Yeah. But I think the, the good thing I like about AdWords is that once you've got it dialed in, it's kind of self-driving itself. You just got to do some maintenance mode. I feel like the, most of the work is like in the first three, four months, half a year when you got to like get things rolling. Yeah, no, I mean, def definitely. And I, you know, and another thing is I haven't looked at my AdWords and this is probably a big mistake, but I haven't looked at it in like six months. I haven't added any negative keywords or anything like that. I probably should go in and do it. It's just, they're still profitable. Well, it's also like how much, how much would it squeeze if you did look into it versus focusing it on something else too. And, and I don't know about and that. And that's why, that's why I don't do it is because there's just so many other low-hanging fruits that I can go after that I'm like, oh, I don't want to squeeze the juice out of this PPC orange, you know? Yeah. All right. So let's go into adjusting budgets a little bit. So uh, when you were starting out, do you remember how you kind of changed your CPCs based on what was coming back or where were you pushing the limits? Yeah. Um, let me, let me think about that. How was I doing that? Yeah. A lot of it was basically, I mean, like we know at a certain point you see, you spend $10, uh, you make $10 and then, or like a, a good example might be, let's say I spent $100 and I only got $50 in sales. I'd cut my my bids in half because I figured, okay, well, if I cut my bids in half, then I only would have spent $50 and I only I, I still would have made uh, the $50. If I was like per, per click, I was paying half as much. Now, of course, the amount of traffic is going to scale down with it, but I'd rather it be profitable at a smaller volume than losing money at a big volume. Does that make yeah, sense? Because it's like, why do you want to pay money and lose money? And you just you just kind of keep dialing it down until you get to that one-to-one -one ratio or even better. Yeah, and then once you get to the one-to-one -one ratio, then maybe you start adding some negative keywords, you start tweaking your ad copy, and you actually get to like a one-to-two ratio where you're spending 100 bucks and making 200 bucks, and then you could start increasing your bid again. And you can say, okay, well, this is profitable. Maybe I do want more traffic and I am willing to you know, spend a little bit more. Because at the beginning, no matter how good you are, you're, there's going to be a lot of negative keywords that you didn't think of that you need to add. 
and you'll find those later. Yeah, like I went through a new campaign recently and like Hillary Clinton was showing up for a search term. I was like, well, how is this related to what we're selling? Like we have nothing political and there's all this like weird Trump stuff. Like people are just searching for election words but somehow our ads were showing it. I was like, I was like dude, this needs to be negated out. Like any- Sometimes Google does weird stuff though. Like I feel like they show, they, I've seen some things where they show my ads for and I'm like, are you serious? Like that should be illegal. Like you're stealing money from me. So I guess like the one thing is like if you have a $10 daily budget, like just start with a CPC that you're comfortable with that if you convert at that, you could be at one-to-one or if not better and then you can adjust it from there because then, you know, like no one's forcing you to blow all your money unless you want to, which is kind of like the good thing about PPC is that you get, it's very controlled in some ways or it's like, if you're doing like, you know, content marketing, it's like, well, I'm gonna put this blog post out and, you know, or distribute it, but I don't know how many people are gonna read it. I mean, you can kind of get an idea, but it's just more like ambiguous than a PPC thing. And I guess one thing to also think about is like how competitive your space, right? So like if you're selling in some niche where people aren't really that sophisticated in marketing, you know, maybe you can get away with a lower bid, but you can look at your ad rank based on what you're bidding. And maybe, you know, you don't rank number one for your ad, but you're profitable. So maybe you'll just have to settle with that. And, you know, you don't always have to be number one. If number one means you're not profitable, then maybe you don't want that too. So that's kind of what I was saying before. It's like, uh, I don't mind being number four if, if it means that the people that are clicking on that are probably actually more interested because it's like whatever I said in my ad really spoke to them for them to click, you know, the, the number four ad or whatever it is. I think they changed the ad late. I don't know if there is a number four anymore. There used to be like the sidebar and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but it doesn't mean you don't always have to be number one, which is funny because when we were setting this up with the Google guys, like, well, hey, we want to be number one to get the max traffic. Well, I'm like, well, it's not the best quality traffic that converts to, but obviously, you know, these guys don't care. They just want you to spend money. So, Oh, you, t- you're, you mean like you had a session with the, the people from Google? Yeah, so Google has some guys that are helping new stores set up their PPC accounts. And so we kind of just went with them to see what they were doing, kind of curious. But I mean, it's kind of cool to have the hands-on thing, uh, but it was just, you could tell, like, I mean, they, they had their best intentions to get it to convert, but in terms of like how detailed they were going, it wasn't as you- nice. Did you learn anything from them? Like, yeah, just kind of the way they set up the campaign structures and stuff like that. Like the way they set up, uh, kind of like broad match modifier and stuff like that was kind of interesting. But other than that, I, we're like we're done with them now because basically the way it works, uh, you get two three months where they do a hands on setup for you, and then after that you kind of do the maintenance yourself. And then now we're just going in and like lowering the CPCs, bids, and everything else to actually get it to a positive ROI. Because like when we ended it, it was like one to one somewhere along like 4k spend to 4k revenue so we're just trying to get that down to like two to one and adjusting is that yeah i've been curious like uh when i've met with people like that before in the past i don't feel like they know i i know more than them you know it's because it's one thing to set up the basic stuff over and over again because that's what they're doing they're setting over basics over and over again it's another just put your own money on the line and you know exactly yeah and to actually dial it in it's kind of the hard part too. So, because like, the good thing was that they did it for free without, you know how like usually you go to some agency that said, oh, we're going to charge you 10% of your ad spend and then a monthly retainer. Like they were just like, hey, we'll just jump into this way. We're like, all right, cool. Let's just might as well see what it's like. And then we had a, and we were like, hey, if we lose too much money, can we just stop it? Like, yeah, just stop anytime if you're not comfortable. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So uh, we kind of went with that. So yeah, so if anyone's listening, you want to talk to a Google guy to do that, um, yeah, let me know. Yeah, I, I I still see there being a market. Like I did a one-on-one consulting session with uh, with someone for their AdWords yesterday, and the stuff I told this guy, the ad, the you know Google would never tell tell this person because it's like, 
I'm like, hey, and I think this is the next thing we're going to get into, but I'm like, you're spending way too much money on your mobile bids. Like you're and what what happened with this person? This is common. Like I see this all the freaking time when I do like the the consulting sessions with people is the so basically I'll just explain his story. He was getting three times as many clicks on mobile, meaning spending three times as much money on mobile as he was on computers, but he was getting, I think, two to three times the conversions on computer. So what that means is like a 10 times as many, like per click, 10 times as many conversions on computer. So mobile bid adjustment, you gotta you gotta set this, allows you to spend less money on mobile clicks and what you should totally do if they're not converting as well. That's just that's just math. Yeah. Because if you put that, say, 500 bucks in mobile in the desktop, he would just triple his money, assuming everything stays the same. It's like a no-brainer. So it's just don't waste your money on mobile. And that's not always true. I've seen some people that mobile does just as well. And I think I even saw one person whose mobile did a little bit better. There wasn't a lot of data, so it could have just been like a fluke. But look at it yourself. And I what I've seen is nine times out of 10, mobile does not convert at the same rate or they don't have the same purchase size or whatever it is. There's a lot of different factors. Yeah, that's just, the thing is like, it sounds intimidating to you want to add to this, but once you learn it, it's not, it's pretty much the same stuff you're checking every time because you just, you're just tweaking things from where they are and then you're waiting like a month to see it or two months and then you just keep tweaking it from there. Um, like it gets the, the words with AdWords I feel like the first three to six months are really hard but then after that it gets a lot easier as the time goes by too once you figure it out that you can get some ROI or at least break even on it and move forward from there too so alright so that's AdWords uh, let's move on to Facebook a little bit so have you been doing some Facebook lately? Facebook ads? No I haven't I was uh, that was one of my things I actually stopped a lot of my Facebook ads one of the things I really wanted to do but I decided instead to be focusing on the new company that I'm going to be launching soon. So not not a lot on Facebook. How about you? Yeah, I've been toying it for the last six months. And we're finally to a point where it's actually a positive ROI. So we spent, um, I, I think last month we spent 400 bucks and we've got a thousand in sales. Damn. So to, tell us your secrets. I guess the first thing we did was that we looked at, all right, uh, if someone is kind of shopping within the cart, like what's the lowest hanging fruit? Usually it's cart abandoned, right? Like within any sales funnel. So like what you can do on Facebook now is, um, it used to just be, you can have an audience based on what URLs they visited, whether it's your domain or certain pages, but now you can actually exclude people too. So you can do people that visited, you know, your high waist dance shorts page, but didn't finish the checkout page. And then you can show them like, all right, I, I know that you visited this product. Let me show you an ad of what someone said in a review about this product. And you can actually do it by different products or different categories too, because then, you know, you know that someone visited this page, but it didn't visit the checkout page. So they were kind of at least somewhat interested in it. And then you can kind of target from there too. So one thing we realized was that this is at the lowest end of the funnel. And once we got this retargeting to work, it took us probably like two months to actually get an ROI on this. And then you know that, all right, this, this is the most bottom of the funnel. You can start dumping people on top of the funnel because then at least you know that if you're doing regular ads, even if they go to your site, you know your retargeting is giving you ROI. So that kind of gives you some insurance to offset your costs when you're kind of doing more ads too. So uh, retargeting was the first one we did. And then after that, uh, we tried some interest targeting ads, but the CPCs were just so high that I guess like Facebook is more of a discovery tool rather than Google, right? If you're searching for the same thing on Facebook versus discovering it in an ad, 
an address, like it feels like there's a different intent. Because if your address is like, okay, where do I buy high waist dancers? You're looking for that product. Whereas like Facebook, if you see an ad about that, it's you're not you maybe you're just looking for friends, you're looking for cat videos, and you come across this ad. Like you're not in that stage of the funnel where you're ready to buy shorts, right? So Yeah, that's I mean, so one of the things I really want to do, and I keep saying I'm gonna do this and I keep putting it off, but I uh, I really want to spend a month, six weeks, eight weeks, whatever it is trying to crack Facebook ads. And I think once I have this next company launched, this next company is actually going to be a lot better for Facebook ads. And I think I want to kind of learn, use both at the same time as like an experiment. Can I get Facebook's ads to work on top of that with the Kickstarter? I know a lot of Kickstarters do Facebook ads and they do pretty well with that. So I'll trust, I'll test that out as well. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. I feel like it's your next product. Yeah. There's a lot more stuff you can do with Facebook too. So, Oh Yeah. It's a little bit more of an impulse interest buy as yeah, well. Exactly. Anyway, so for the interest targeting, we found that the costs didn't make sense and it's kind of more interruptive. So it was like, all right, do you uh, reduce the clicks or do you just get more narrow with your targeting? And so we tried the more narrow approach and it still wasn't making any sense to do interest targeting. Uh, so then we found out something about called video ads. So what the cool thing with video ads is you can make custom audiences based on how people watch your video, whether that's 50%, 70%, or 95%. And then, so you know that if, okay, if someone watched a video about, say, my new um, butter product, then, all right, I can retarget them so it's something else that actually makes more sense, too, rather than just kind of a broad interest target. Yeah, no, that's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds like a great idea. Yeah, so for like 10 bucks a day, we were getting like 1,500 views, if not more, on this video ad. And basically, give it a month, you can have a pretty big retargeting list. That you, it's just it's basically just a cheap way to fill your top of the funnel, because I, mean, I don't think anyone's gonna watch a video and buy right away. I mean, you still get a separate CPC for a video ad, and you get a cost per view. But basically, you just want to fill people in that view funnel that have watched a whole video and then send something else to them uh, later on too. Yeah, and that's uh, that's something I've been playing with a little bit. That's actually one of the things I do want to start doing is, and maybe it's just targeting targeted boosting certain videos that I post on Facebook anyways and just uh, boosting them to a certain specific target audience just just to see how how it goes, you know? Yeah, because say like, look, $10 a day at 50 cents a click, that's like, what, 20 clicks, right? Whereas if you do a video ad for $10 a day, you get one cent per view, maybe 30% of the people watch it to the max, which is pretty normal. Like what I've seen is like, I've seen it like, I think half of the people watch half, but then by the time it gets to... 95%, usually it's like a third of the total views, right? So a thousand, $10 a day, you'll get like a thousand views, you'll get 300 people into your retargeting funnel and then you can kind of do a different ad. So like 300 people that watch the video or do you want 20 people that click the ad? It's kind of an easy choice in a much cheaper way to fill that you fill up your funnel too. Yeah, that's true. Alrighty, so final thing, uh, Gmail ads. We uh, also tested Gmail ads on a client store. Uh, I probably wouldn't bother with it much, uh, but the cool thing is that uh, the Domain targeting. The way you target a Gmail ad is by you give them a domain. So you could just give you know twenty of your competitors domains and start sending emails to who they're blasting emails to, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I, I know you said it's not going to work, but I kind of want to try this now. I mean, it may work as like a cheap way to fill up your funnel if you just set a super low bid and see if it still shows up. If you're getting like number because Gmail ads you only have two slots, right? And in the promotion slot, social slot, update slot, there's two slots up there where people pay for the click in the Gmail. So the way the, the way it works is that if someone clicks your Gmail ad in Gmail, you pay for that click. But if they click to your site, you don't pay anything extra. Oh, wait a minute. So, oh, that's kind of silly. I, I, yeah. Wait, so you're not paying for them to come to your site. You're paying for them to click on your ad? 
In the Gmail tab, yes. So basically, it's structured, oh, it's structured in a way where it, clickbait stuff gets more click, but it may not get to a high click-through rate to your website. Because if people just click it and they don't go to your site, you just wasted money on that click too. It may be tricky to work out, but I feel like a lot of people, when they're in Gmail, you're looking to clear your email. You're not looking to buy stuff right away. It's very like interruptive too. So, I mean, maybe in the future, they'll let you do some text ad. Maybe they'll let you give you like, you know, a thousand characters to write an actual email. But I mean, who knows? how that's going to evolve too. And this this product is only like, I think a year old, not even two years old. So kind of something that we'll keep your eye on too in the future if they do let us uh, change that. Yeah, that's, it's interesting. I'd like to try it out. I mean, I wonder how low, how low you can bid because at 10 cents a click, I would, I would do it. That's for this episode. We'll catch you guys next time. Uh, Might be the last episode before we go into next year. So yeah, have a good one guys. Have a good, have a good uh, almost new year. (laughs) 